Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Everybody. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. This is episode 29 of Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia. I'm really glad you keep track of how many episodes because I have no freaking idea. You're welcome. It's no problem. Yeah. Um, we are enjoying, obviously, Olive Garden mm-hmm. as per usual, mm-hmm. right? We had to get our carbs in and Haley brought some delightful wine in a can. <laughs> I had to keep it classy. <laughs> She brought that in, and I was like, holy cow, I thought wine in the box was classy, but she outdid herself. Yes. Actually, it's in a can, but she brought it in a box. I know. They're, like, in a box, but they're like a, a can. Four. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And she brought some options, so not just one kind. And this one is a seltzer, mm-hmm. um, and it's called Summer Red. This is not a sponsorship, but if they want to sponsor us... Barefoot Wine. Hit us up. Yeah. Ready. <laughs> We will we will taste test it for you yes, if you want. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let me just take one little sip just to make sure it's okay. I know, I know. This is my favorite one. The other one that I brought, I think it's like a more of a rosé. That sounds one. like it would be up a friend of ours alley. Yes. She loves rosé. Yes. And it's it's good. It's just this one's my fave. It's really delightful. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> What's goes better with murder than canned wine? <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about murder and drinking wine out of a can. Is that a freaking airplane? That's the airplane. The, uh, wow, that's so loud. We thought my heat was bad, y'all. This isn't as bad, though, as when they come over my house because we're on one of the, like, military paths. And so it, like, shakes my house. Wait for that to land real quick. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get that just a second. Um, so as we're letting our wine settle. Mm-hmm. Would you like to hear a little story? Yeah. All right. So we are going back to February of 1996. The number one song, One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Just by the look on your face. You're like, ooh, I don't know. Mm-mm. Really? Mm-mm. <sighs> okay. Um, and I know you're shining down on me from heaven Mm-mm. like so many friends we've lost along Mm-mm. the way no really okay. that was a great rendition but no well that's just you know i cannot sing like them um but <laughs> nobody can nobody can uh this was a huge um song very popular um anyway so February 8th, um, there was a massive internet collaboration called 24 Hours in Cyberspace. So this was, um, it took place through a website called cyber24.com. This is where like photojournalists got together for 24 hours and they showed different sort of photographs and, and um, artwork. And it was basically to say like, wow, we can present this in this new medium on the internet in cyberspace what a wild time the 90s well and we used to say things like surf the web 
I still say that. I say that Do now. Do you say surf the web? I too. Really? Sometimes. Oh, really funny. And sometimes it's not even in like an ironic way. And do you even have, you've got mail, AOL? No, I never had an AOL. Okay. Mm-mm. That was the epitome of the 90s. Nice. AOL. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, and then on February 28th, Alanis Morissette wins uh, four Grammys, uh, including Album of the Year for Jagged Little Pill. Do you okay. know Alanis and do you know that album? I know that album. Mm-hmm. Just because I know the name of it, but I don't think I know any of the music. Did you forget about me, Mr. Duplicity? Okay, yeah, no, I know that one. Yeah. You want to know? <laughs> I'm not saying that you want to know. That's actually the song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, in uh, Mesquiteport, Pennsylvania, which is... Mesquite. Yes, which is right outside of Pittsburgh... Um, on February 10th, 1996, we have a 14-year-old girl. She is an 8th grader at Cornell Middle School. Her name is Tanya Nicole Cash. Her last name is spelled K-A-C-H, but it's pronounced Cash. So Tanya doesn't have the best home life. Her parents are divorced, um, and she felt like her father really wasn't very attentive. Um, in her own words, she states like, you know, he just ignored her and acted like she wasn't even there. Mm. Um, so she was feeling um, pretty isolated, pretty abandoned. Um, so when she was at school, she was seeking attention. And admittedly, she was hanging out with the wrong crowd. Mm. Um, so while she was at school, she met 39-year-old Thomas Hose. Thomas was the security guard at school. Um, from what I understand... All the girls had a crush on him. He was apparently very good looking. Yeah. You know how middle school girls are like, <laughs> Yeah, I do. I you know? do. I was a middle school girl once. Yeah. You know, it's kind of that, oh, he's cool. He's unattainable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's older. Oh. How old is he? he he's quite a bit older. He was 39. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, she's 14. Gotcha. Yeah. So, a lot older. But, you know, how girls do that. <laughs> Yeah, sort of thing, silly, yeah. giggly. Um, and, of course, she thought the same thing. He was very popular, not only with the students, because he was kind of cool, um, but also with the teachers and parents. People really liked him and respected him. She had a crush on him. He had sort of that air of, um, I'll protect you. You know, he wore a badge. He had a uniform, and he was cool. And she just really wanted to be around him. So... Soon, a friendship blossomed between the two of them. Mm. They were talking, and he would um, talk with her under the stairwell and that kind of thing. I mean, I get the whole, like, you want... And I'm sure it's really difficult for for male teachers, especially in, like, people that work in schools with young people. You want to be that mentor for somebody. You want to be, like, oh, I'm a safe person for you to come to about these things but then there's some that are just and men and men and women both that are Mm -hmm. like take it to a creepy level man for sure creepy levels well and i i do agree with you that i think that recognizing that maybe she didn't have the best home life and that she just Mm -hmm. needed someone who was positive in her life to talk to and um, well, and there's certain safety. I mean, I don't know about in the 90s, but I know, you know, now when I've worked in school settings or worked with kids in any capacity, 
there's always certain like in your training you go through like here's the rules about being alone with a student mm-hmm. you're not exactly uh doors are always open mm-hmm. There's usually, you know, other people, other people other need students. to be around, you need to have, mm-hmm. you know, a two to one right. type situation. And that's not just to protect students, it's to protect teachers staff as well. As yeah. well. It just is a good situation all the way around. Exactly. Follow exactly. your rules. <laughs> well, Haley, he did not take your advice. I'm going to go ahead and guess not, seeing as where we're at. He didn't, <laughs> you know, and he appreciated that you gave it, but he did not did take not it. Did not take it. Gotcha. No, no. You weren't even in utero at this point. I was not. No, no. Your parents were about four days away from getting married. Yeah. Yeah. That's they weren't hilarious. Even married yet. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. But he did not take um, not to be born yet Haley's advice. No, no. So he was hanging out with Tanya um, and talking to her. And as I mentioned, she had a crush on him. But she didn't think, you know, him being older... Um, that it was mutual until yeah right okay he started pulling her out of class to oh. hang out with her and spend time with her and talk to her and then one day he kissed her oh now i just want to rewind back for a sec she was 14 he was 39 this has more than crossed the line yeah. um him taking her out of class just to talk with her was crossing the line yeah but now that he's kissed her, this is more than cross the line. No. And he says, you know, yes, I have feelings for you too, romantic feelings. Um, he even arranged for a friend of his to let them have her house so they could have intercourse, which they did. I hate that. I hate that so much. Oh, absolutely. He's a pedophile. Yeah. I mean, he's gross. Yeah. Like, for sure. Gross. Gross, gross, gross. And if you think about it, he was targeting her. He knew her situation. He recognized that she was vulnerable. So he was like, oh, she's the perfect target. Oh, he groomed her. For sure. 100%. For that's sure. what happened. Yes. Made her feel safe. Made her feel like, I will protect you. I'm this great guy. Mm-hmm. This isn't wrong because we like each other. Exactly. No. Well, and that's, you know, what does age matter? It matters so much. It when matters you're 14, a lot <laughs> when you were under the well, age. Well, there's that Aaliyah consent. song, "Age Ain't Nothing But a Number." But let me tell you sure, what, it sure is. It sure is it sure when is. she is under 18 years old. Uh huh. Yep. It yep. is. That's a big thing. It's a huge thing. So <clears throat> she is all about him, all into him. She would do anything for him. She's learned to trust him. She feels safe with him, and she admits to him that she's thought about running away from home. She just feels unloved. She doesn't feel like her father pays any attention to her. So what's the point of being there anyway? She has run away from home in the past. um, But this time she says, I just want to run away for good. Like, I'm just tired of this. And instead of him saying, you know, you really need to work this out with your family and being supportive in that way, he encourages her to run away. I don't even know at 14. Like, what does... Where would you go? What would you take? Why wouldn't my 14-year-old brain would be like, I mean, I probably need a Pop-Tart and like a blanket. (laughs) (laughs) That would probably be my thought pattern now of like running away. Like a (laughs) Pop-Tart. I just need a Pop-Tart and a blanket. Mm -hmm. I'll be all right. 
As long as I have my Pop-Tart and blanket, I'll be good. That's good. Um, one Pop-Tart. I haven't had a Pop-Tart in so long. That sounds good. Uh, yeah. I the strawberry ones. Should have brought that over instead mm. of those weird cannoli things I no, brought. No, those cannoli things are delicious. Nice. Yeah. Have you never had them? No. The French twists? Yeah. Yeah, I have. They're not really cannolis. They're fr- no, French twists. No, I just twists. wanted to be Italian. I really appreciate that. Oh, to keep the theme uh-huh. going? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That and your canned wine? Yep. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> All right. We digress. Um... Yeah, what what would you even bring? And at 14, is an idealized version of I'm going to run away. I haven't really planned this out. My life's going to be so great. I'll run away and I'll get an apartment. Right. That's where my brain was going. (laughs) So he is encouraging this. And part of his encouragement is saying, like, if you do run away, you know, you can come stay with me. Now, Thomas was living in a house with his parents and his son who was pretty young at this point yeah um so he says yeah you know you can come live with me and i love you and i'll take care of you and i'll give you all the things that your father isn't giving you well to a 14 year old girl sounds pretty darn good right yeah so february 10th 1996 she packs up some things and decides yeah I'm going to take him up on his offer. Mm. Shows up at his house and um, he says, okay, yeah. Brings her into his bedroom and says, okay, so my parents don't know that you're here. I don't want them to know that you're here. So you're just going to stay in this room essentially and be a prisoner. Because this is super freaking illegal and my parents would probably call the cops. Right. Right. Yeah. So his son was little, so his son wasn't going to really say anything. Mm Mm-hmm. The son shared a room with them. He slept on the floor in a sleeping bag while they shared the bed. How old's the son? I'm not really clear. Um, that wasn't, I would say young, like two, three, something okay. like that. Um, so, but you would still think. I mean, two-year-olds say, like, a, crazy things. Yeah, there's a lady in the bedroom. <laughs> some lady here. like Yeah, there's some lady. And then you're kind of thinking, my brain would go, like, oh, my God, there's a ghost. Of course it would. Like this kid seeing like supernatural oh, things. Oh, that is true. Yeah, that is true. I I'd probably think that too. Like she was in the corner. I know. Like, it's like if she looks at me at night from the closet. Don't say that. Now I gotta sleep with the lights on. Listen, I Damn sleep you, with Haley. the lights on every night. Anyway, um, so he was saying, you know, I want you to be really quiet. Don't make any noises. You know, we're having this kind of secret relationship. He wouldn't even let her go out to use the bathroom. He gave her a bucket. And at this point, is she like, you know, just there still willingly? Yes. So at this point, she's thinking, oh, man, he loves me. He wants to protect me. But, but like teenagers in love, he wants to keep our relationship a secret. Like, they won't understand. Like, they won't nothing's understand. wrong with this, but exactly. the rest of the world won't get it, kind of thing. They won't get um, our love for each other. Mm. They'll All they'll see is our age difference. Yes, as they should. As they definitely, <laughs> definitely should. Um, but his whole thing was, um, I want to continue to have this physical relationship with you, and I'm giving you this place to live. And he would feed her... But he would feed her things like peanut butter and jelly, banana, and um, a soda. This was like her main meals all the time. Oh, oh my gosh. I would be so sick of that. Me too. Um, so time would go on. Well, he would get um, where he would want to have sex 
four times a day. And not only would he do that, but it became more perverse and a little more violent. Mm -hmm. And he would make her write down each sexual encounter in a date book so that at the end of the year, he could show his buddies, you know, look how many times I got laid. What an odd, odd thing to do. Like a a book. But if you think about it, that is someone who... um, wants to make himself feel big really is you know identity wrapped around in his sexuality you know yeah look at me i'm big macho man yeah i'm taking advantage of a 14 year old right well but i think i don't think that he told his buddies i would assume not right it was probably just like (laughs) oh yeah my random girlfriend or whatever right like she'll do all this stuff with me and I'm not forcing her and locking right, her in a room. Right, Yeah. yeah. So he would tell her, um, if you hear anyone like start to come towards the room, you need to hide in the closet. Okay. And she would. She would go and she would hide in the closet. She recalls um, some of the holiday celebrations where there were other people in the house. And she remembers being in the closet thinking about her own family. Like, are they thinking about me? So she's been there for a while then. Right. So time is going back. Time is moving on. And she's still in the room? She's still in the room. She hasn't left the room. No. No. And time continues to pass and go on. And four years in. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Four years in, she's 18 years old. And she has been a virtual prisoner in this room. Watching TV, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and being forced to have intercourse with this guy for four years. Talk about Stockholm Syndrome. Exactly. This is the perfect case of Stockholm Syndrome, where, you know, she trusts and loves her captor. She explains it that she felt like a dog who was waiting for her master to come home and tell her what to do and when to do it. And 14, that's such a formative age. Oh, it is. For, like, your social, you know, emotional, like, that part of yourself. You're learning how to be a person. Mm-hmm. And the person helping you <laughs> is hurting you. I'm stressed. All right. Yeah. So it is just a hot mess. Um, he would let her shower once a week usually on a Sunday at night after his parents, which, by the way, his parents' bedroom was next to his. How did they not know something That's was That's what I don't on? know either. How did they not know? And do you think they did know? They claimed they didn't, but I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe they were elderly. Maybe they couldn't really hear well. Maybe they were just ignorant to it. Maybe they thought they heard something and he explained it away. From what I understand, he was a very authoritative, kind of scary guy. Um, And even his own parents were scared of him. Well, at this point, the kids, his kids, like, older. Also scared of him. Mm. So maybe he's threatening the kid. I can tell you that he threatened her. And he said... If you make noise or if you try to leave or anything like that, um, I will smother you in your sleep and throw you in your body into the river. So 
she talk about Stockholm. She had a love hate. She was terrified of him, but she loved him. Yeah. She depended on him. And he would say things like, if it wasn't for me, you would still be in a family who didn't love you. I've given you everything. Your family doesn't love you. They're not looking for you. Exactly. Nobody cares about Nobody you. Nobody cares me. about you. I yeah. saved you. And, you know, because she would mention, I'm really not happy anymore. I, I really think I want to leave. And he was like, how can you leave me after I've done so much to you? So instead of like, getting angry and hitting her, he would use that guilt on her. Yeah. I've given you so much. I've given you a home. I've given you love. So then she would feel guilty. So four years in, she's 18 years old, and he decides, huh, it's kind of getting to the point where it's getting tricky to kind of keep this secret going. Mm-hmm. Now that she's 18, he thinks, I'm going to bring her in as my girlfriend. And introduce her to my parents and tell my parents that she's going to be moving in with us so I can still keep this relationship going. Let her out of the room. Mm -hmm. Let her, yeah, okay. Let her have some freedom, but not a lot. Yeah. So that's what he does. So in 2000, he brings her in and introduces his parents to his new girlfriend, not Tanya, the missing 14-year-old from four years ago. He introduces her as Nikki Allen, his new girlfriend. So this whole time that's passed, I'm assuming her parents have been looking for her, like... Yes. So her family had been looking for her. Um, You know, she, like she had mentioned, she had been around the wrong crowd. Mm -hmm. She tried to run away from home several times. So when her parents mentioned this to the police, the police were like, oh, well, she's just a runaway. Like, you know, she'll come back or kids do this all the time. And really, they let it go. The school was like, well, she was kind of a bad seed, so they didn't pursue it. I mean, it's just This is a kid that just fell through the cracks. Totally fell through the cracks. Mm. Um, And she was on milk cartons. So I don't know. Have you heard about this? They stopped right after I was, or like right before I would have been old enough to remember them. I think there was like one year that I was in school where they had, you still had kids on the milk cartons. Yeah. So when you would get milk cartons, and even I remember at school, you Mm -hmm. know how you get the little, they would have pictures of missing children on there. Mm -hmm. And it would say, you know, if you've seen this child, call this number. Um, And so she was on milk cartons. That was very common. The big Um, thing when I was in school was our lunch tray said, say no to drugs. Wow. That was really fun. It really should say, say no to cafeteria food. It should have, but no, ours just really discouraged the use of drugs, which I mean, I appreciate that they were trying, but you know, that was our only education. <laughs> like, say no to drugs, I kids. had, I had the D.A.R.E. program. Oh, yeah. 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 This was all that was left from the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> it was just the, the, <laughs> the trays left. Trays that said, say no to drugs. Say no to drugs. Yeah. But you had to eat all the food on the tray to be able to see it yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that encouraged you to eat your veggies. Uh, it may be. And say eat no your to veggies drugs. and say no to drugs yeah. all at one time. Yep. Well played. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so she's on a milk carton. So she's on a milk carton. Gotcha. Right. But again... In all this time, they just think, well, she's run away. Nobody pursues it. I'm sorry, but as a parent, my kid's missing. <sighs> um, I am on that doorstep of the police station every dang day mm-hmm. saying, yeah. oh, help me find my child. You know, I would not give up. Um, so it really kind of went cold. Like, mm. well, she's disappeared. So this sort of validates 
her and him saying, oh, nobody cares about you, you know. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looking for you. So she takes on this role as Nikki, the girlfriend, who's now living with them. So he gives her a little bit more freedom. She's able to um, go down into the kitchen and that kind of thing. She's, She said that she didn't even have toilet paper. So when his parents were out or something, she would like steal bits of toilet paper that she could end up using with her bucket because he would still make her use the bucket from time to time and you know interest to grade her a little bit for sure well and it was control yeah to say listen as much as you think you know yeah you can go out in the back porch or this i still have control over you right he had her dye her hair and everything so that she wasn't recognizable because again she was on a milk carton Mm -hmm. so um he would let her from time to time go to the grocery store interesting the deli kind of thing. So she went to this um, grocery store deli um, from time to time to pick up food. And by this point, she had basically proven trustworthy. Mm. Much like, as she said, the dog, she would follow the master's commands and do whatever he said because she was terrified of what yeah. he would do. Um, so eventually, um, she befriended the... Um, guy who worked in the deli at the supermarket. She would talk to him quite a bit. He was very friendly and seemed very nice. Um, So one day she was talking to him, and out of the blue, she says, and this is in 2006, so she's been in captivity for 10 years. Oh, man. She's 24 years old at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah. She says to him, my real name is not Nikki. My real name is Tanya Nicole Cash... And I was kidnapped when I was 14 years old, and I'm still being held. I'm sorry. This is not funny. I'm just picturing this poor grocery store worker. I mean, I think that's when you drop the salami, and you're like, what the heck? What? Right? How would you even... I think I, I would just be shocked. I think my initial reaction would be like, and we've entered crazy town. Of like, this girl is cuckoo nuts but i think we say that because i see your point but i think the reason we say that is because we've worked in mental health (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) and and not that we work in mental health and we're like oh that person's cuckoo we don't we use clinical clinical terms clinical terms but these delusions we're so used to seeing these delusions that it wouldn't be like super offhand for someone that we worked with i mean we've had an entire experience We'll have to share the story about the um, squirrel. The parking lot squirrel? The parking yeah. lot squirrel at one That's, point. Yeah. That's another That's episode. That's a bonus episode yeah. for you Ooh. Ooh. We'll bring on our friends that were involved in that whole charade and you it'll be a You will really whole thing. enjoy that. That's it was a good a, episode. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> so all that to say, we're used to like delusional thinking and these crazy statements that right. come out of people's mouths and you're like, oh, let's unpack this a little bit. Right. <laughs> or accepting... You know, this is a hallucination that they're having. This is not real. This is their perception. You know, and and thinking about it this way. So for someone who is the lay person who's not in the field, who is just trying to, you know, package the meat and display it and, you know, whatever. (laughs) um, Cut your cheese for you. Cut your salami. Uh, This is probably a real shock. Yeah, I would imagine so. Particularly because she's been coming in and everything seems hunky-dory and you've been talking to her you know, for I don't know, however long. So she reveals this to him, says, you know, I've been in captivity for 10 years. Please call the police and let them know. I wonder what finally snapped for her. I'm not really sure. So she wrote a book called Memoirs of a Milk Carton Kid. I want to read 
I want to read it too. Apparently it's a, a pretty fast read um, and reviews on Amazon are pretty good for good, it. So good. I would like to read it to get into more. So I'll be very honest with you. I haven't read the book, so certain details I don't have, um, but I would like to find out more yeah. and I can share it later. Um, and I encourage you to read it as well. Um, anyway, so something snapped in her. She tells him this and once she leaves, he does call the police and says, you know, this girl who comes in here, you know, she told me this. She says her name is Tanya Nicole Cash and that she was kidnapped. Um, she's at this address. So the police come in and they find her and they arrest him. And she's reunited with her dad, who, by the way, only lives a few blocks away. That's insane. Isn't it, though? She was that close the whole time. And maybe, well, like, what if they had run into each other and, like, he just didn't know? What if he had been in the deli? Or what if, you know, they yeah. just bypassed each other just seconds? That's insane. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So close, but so far away. How odd. Whew. So she very publicly reunites with dad and he is, you know, on um, news channels talking about you know, how glad he is to have her home and how he's missed her all this time. But he didn't really look for her. Not really. Mm. Some, but not really. Like, oh, well, she ran away. Um, so Tanya actually decided that she wanted to uh, sue the school system and the police because she felt like they didn't do enough to search for her. uh, No. And, and I feel like that's valid. I mean, because if they, I mean, she's a couple blocks. When a kid goes missing now, they're knocking on every door, searching everybody's home. They have those big billboards, you know, yeah. and you get the amber alerts and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. In the middle of, of the night when it just screams at you. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. yeah. It scares the crap out of it, you. But I'm too. like, I'm glad they do it. I am like, so glad. I am so glad. Um, so needless to say, she and her father, while they reunited for a little while, it ended up not lasting. I'm so surprised. Yeah. And the... Um, lawsuits actually were thrown out unfortunately doesn't surprise me either which just is really upsetting and then her father later on after she wrote her book attempted to sue her probably for what defamation of character pretty much saying like you know oh you said i was a bad guy and you said i didn't look for you that's not true you know and there are two sides to every story there are and this was her story but she did you know say this is my story this is in my point of view but you know and saw and witnessed exactly my perception of the situation um but he attempted to sue her which fortunately that was also thrown out Mm -hmm. um so that was good 2007 thomas goes on trial he's got three counts of deviant sexual intercourse aggravated sexual assault statutory sexual assault interfering with the custody of a child and corruption of a minor oh and child endangerment as well so he's got a lot of charges going on a lot going on there before his trial he stabs himself now i'm assuming this was a suicide attempt by stabbing though and i they said stabbing so i don't know if this was like cutting like maybe he attempted to cut his wrists slash his wrist they said stabbing yeah but you think they would have said by cutting right so they said stabbing so maybe he's like a bad way to go out man it really (laughs) i mean stabbing 
It's pretty intense. That takes a lot of like willpower too, though. Definitely. Oh my gosh, to even get that close to you, but like freak out. I don't know. Oh. Um, but I guess he decided he wanted the chicken way out. Um, yep. Of this uh, trial, so mm-hmm. he attempted that. Of course, he ends up spending some time at the psychiatric ward, yeah. um, which they determine that he is able to stand trial. Oh, good for him. Yes. However, oddly enough, during this time while they're prepping for the trial, he is given house arrest. Why? Do not know why. I guess, I don't know, maybe he was out on bond or bail. I don't, I don't why know. Why is he on bail, though? I don't know. I don't really know. I don't understand that He just that held piece. a girl in his house for, for 10, 10 years. years mm-hmm. And you let him out? Mm-hmm. So, I guess his part of it was, well, you know, she wanted to. Somebody needs to sue this police department. <laughs> it's crazy. So, um, he ends up going to trial. But really quick, what I think is ironic is, here he kept someone hostage in his house for all those years, and now he's hosti- a hostage in I his house. I do appreciate that poetic justice right? there. The irony is kind of beautiful. I would prefer, like, you know, a bars. metal box with no windows, but... Right. You know, it or be bars. Nice. Even bars. Windows, but with bars that you can barely see yeah. through. That, that works, would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he ended up getting that. Good. So good, he good. goes on trial. Um, but here's the thing. I hate it when you do that. He plea bargains. For what? He pleads guilty to kidnapping. Which holds like a what sentence? So five to 15 years. Pleads guilty to the kidnapping because he says, well, the rest of that was consensual. She was 14. Nothing exactly. was consensual. Exactly. But what they did is they used her background as being um, promiscuous, Screw hanging out that. with the bad crowd, all of these things to kind of set her up to make it look like she was seducing him. She's also 14. She's, She's 14. 39. Exactly. Screw you. I'm pissed. <laughs> I can't tell. Can you not? I get a little heated. Listen, screw you. Angry. Well. (laughs) So, plea bargains uh, ends up getting the five to 15 years with after five years having the opportunity for parole, right? Why? I know. I know. So, after the first five years, um, comes up for parole, does not get it. Good. Yes. The next five years comes up for parole, doesn't get it. So his last time at parole was in 2020, in I think October of 2020. So, um, or maybe it was February, I can't recall at this point. But um, he is going to be out and released in February of 2022. Oh. Yeah. Gross. I agree. Totally gross. Why? I don't know. Can I, like, write a letter to somebody? Well, and, and yeah. They I... would say his sentence is complete. He served the whole term. For kidnapping a girl, uh-huh. holding her hostage, mm-hmm. making her poop in a bucket, raping her. Yeah. Multiple times, up to four times a day. Right. Making her write it down. Um, Withholding, fi- like, what? Threatening to kill her if she didn't obey? So you're telling me that you can do all of this, but because you didn't kill her, you get like 15 years. Mm-hmm. 
That's messed up. Because if we have some victim shaming in this, uh, we can get away with this kind of behavior. Yeah. I'm speechless currently. Me too. I mean, in reading through this, I just couldn't believe it. There is a rage inside of me. You know, the first thing that gets me is usually when you hear about these kids that go missing my first thought is they're dead you know yeah and i think gosh you know that's what you would probably think is you know you see on the milk cart and you probably think oh man this poor kid it's the first thing i think yeah i do too we've had recent cases you know in a surrounding area where you know i'll see it on facebook or i'll hear it on the news or see you know those like news articles online or whatever. And my first thought is like, they're never going to find that kid. Yeah. I think that too. Like, Oh, they're probably dead. Oh my like, gosh. They're never... yeah. And the statistic, I mean, it's like freaking insane. The of... first 24 hours. Yeah. It's like, if they're not killed within the first hour, like there's chances of survival at 24 hours are like slim to none. Yeah, exactly. With a stranger abduction. I think it's a little bit different with a family abduction, but and still, oh. so then, you know, after 10 years, like, here she is. Like, those reminds me of stories like J.C. Dugard and um, Elizabeth Smart. And and I can guarantee you their captors were not let out. No. They're still in. in well, now, um, I will, and this is kind of off subject, but Elizabeth Smart, the female captor, mm-hmm. she was let out. And that was a big hullabaloo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Anyway. Well, I mean, and look at. I mean, thinking of Elizabeth Smart, you know, I mean, she went through a horrific ordeal, but she had loving parents. Mm-hmm. She was this innocent little girl. Yeah. She really nice life. had a great life. She was white. Yeah. She, you know, if they had tried to spin it on her as her being promiscuous and Mm -hmm. you know she allowed this to happen and all that imagine the outrage tanya came from a pair you know you know lower class yeah family a working class family uh divorced parents you know, didn't have the best relationship with her father who was raising her. Um, so, yeah. It was a runaway. Yeah, it was a runaway, yeah. had a history. So that is really easy to say, oh, well, she uh, deserved this. Or, you know, absolutely. You know, total victim shaming here. Or victim blaming. Yes. So here's some good news. Okay, lay it on me. Okay. Tanya went on uh, to get married. Um, she married a man who actually had two children, a boy and a girl. Um, and now she is not only their stepmother, but she's the grandmother to their um, her stepson's children. So, I mean, you know, I think that there's some real positive there. Um, she was really heartbroken that her dad wanted to sue her. Um, and I think that she was heartbroken that their relationship never ended up what she wanted it to be. However, yeah. I will tell you, her mother was not a part of her life at that point when she was kidnapped, but afterwards she and her mother were able to reunite. So that is a relationship that has grown stronger through this. That's good. Um, She went to school. She wants to do real estate from the last interview I heard. Um, So really, 
she's done a lot of positive things with her life and they often will interview her in reference to Stockholm syndrome, what that looks like. And she is the epitome of Stockholm syndrome. Um, So I just thought this was a really interesting case. What happened to his son? Do we know? I didn't find out a lot about the son. No. And, and there's just not a ton of detail, but again, um, I think the missing piece for me is not having read the book. Right. Um, so again, I, I plan to read the book. I really didn't even know that existed, um, until I digged a little bit deeper. Um, but I'd love to, to read about it and see what happens. I wonder because I mean, my thought for his son is he grew up with this. Like seeing What's he this. like? Mm-hmm. Is this normal for him? Like, right. is that what he thinks that a healthy relationship looks like? Right. Mm. And, or it could have been the opposite thing of, you know, I hate my dad. He did this. This is horrible. Yeah. It could go the total opposite direction. Yeah. You know, this guy's just ruining lives left and right. Isn't he though? Ugh. And the scary thing is he's going to be out of prison next year. I hate everything about that. I, I'm still pissed. I'm going to find out who I write a letter to. She's going to start it. I'm going to start a campaign here. Good. You should. I should. You really should. I'm so... That just like... Oh my gosh, that enrages me. I'm seething with anger. Don't like punch a hole in my chair or anything. <laughs> I know you're seething. But <sighs> I just... It doesn't... I didn't do it. I could go on so many tangents about this but we'll save that for an, a ranting episode a ranting episode. <laughs> one, we'll have one where i'm just like talking about everything that pisses me off in the world because that's what more people know need a 20 something year old white girl talking about the problems in the world <laughs> we do we need more of that we need a whole lot more of that yeah we what don't. we really we need, don't need more of that is a 30 blah 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 year old woman <laughs> talking about it that's even worse. And we combine our forces together and it's man on oh I remember when they were on milk cartons. <laughs> Actually, um, my mother, <laughs> it was weird. So they used to do these little ID things that they would put <gasps> in your shoes. Yes, they yes, would do identity. We did those. And they would put it in your shoe. I never had one in my okay. shoe. So they would have these little things that had like your identity, like, name and info, whatever. And they could stick it in this little side thing in your shoe. What? I'm so old. Um, but for those of you who know what I'm talking about, I have to I have to talk to my mom and make sure. But I'm pretty sure it was, like, a little ID thing. They could put it in your shoe. They could put it, like, backpack kind of thing. It was but, like, like how card. would that help you if you were kidnapped with those shoes on? I, hell if I know. <laughs> Listen, I was, like five i don't know we had the ones they were cards and they would come around to your school and they were like little they look like like driver's license and they would come around to your school and it would have you know a picture all your information and then your fingerprint they would fingerprint you yeah, and then put it the on system. your yeah so your thumbprint <laughs> would the be on there since you were a kid Haley. oh yeah so that way they could, you know, if you were kidnapped, your parents, could, your, like my mom carried hers around with her. That is so scary. So like you could, if you were kidnapped, your parents could like take out their wallet and be like, here's their fingerprint information. Oh my 
God, like your sweet little Haley. Because it's uh, such a thing. Be careful, she's fiery. Yeah. She gets pissed. I do. Watch out. Very quickly. You know, um, <clears throat> that would be a horrifying experience as a parent, but it would also be kind of scary to, like, get all that. You know, like, oh, fingerprint my child, and what if they go missing? But honestly, I think that growing up, it was really at the height of... Stranger danger. Stranger danger mm-hmm. and kidnappings. Yeah. You know, it was like poly class, and, you know, it was just the height. It was that time period. I was terrified of it. I wasn't as, as worried about that. I was on the... When they first started doing, like, getting really serious about, like, lockdown drills for active shooters. That was the big thing for, like, my my age group is we were the group that really, where school shootings were happening, like, every other week. Well, and when Columbine happened in 1999, I was in high school, Mm -hmm. and... We were like, what the heck is this? Because up yeah. until that point, that was not a common theme. And by the time I was in high school, I think I had been, I we were so conditioned for mm. it. Like, we were so ready for it. And, I mean, we had seen so many, like, happen. Like, I remember, I remember, like, Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. that one. Like, I was in high school when Sandy Hook happened. And I remember, like, going to school the next day. And, like, we drilled that whole week. Like, we had lockdown drills the entire week after Sandy Hook. And then, you know, the one in um, Parkland. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in school during that one. But, you know, it's just there's so many. And that's a scary premise for, you know, your child to be terrified to go to school. I know. Because of somebody coming in and shooting them that they're not all, even like safe. it's you know and then you have sketch ass janitors like or not no. janitor security men hey don't include the janitors i mean yes not the I'm janitors, sure, you not know the leave janitors. them alone let the you know but uh yeah i always had female janitors that were like badass ladies oh i love that and it was great they were wonderful hmm. had some amazing be nice to your janitors. They nice like know. They know all the secrets. Yeah, they do. They know everything. Going they know on everything, the and they're yeah. like awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, be weary of the security guards that are pulling you out of class and meeting you under the stairwell. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, nope. your PSA of the week: be weary of strangers and other people, and be nice to janitors. Well, and I do want to throw out that somebody who has that charisma. And charming and everybody likes and just I don't know sometimes that weirds me out yeah I think again it goes back to us being in this uh-huh. field we're just too skeptical <laughs> we're the worst people to like like first dates are horrible and we just don't trust anybody ever <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. yeah but you know it's all right now that you've listened to our rant for 10 minutes after the episode I've, ended, you got a location shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, my location shout out this time is uh, I seem to uh, head out west, but this time we're going pretty far. Ooh, like Pacific. Ooh. Um, Anchorage, Alaska. <gasps> Alaska. 
That's really cool. I didn't know we had an Alaska. I didn't either until I just saw it pop up. That's so um, cool. So thank you, Anchorage, Alaska, for Aww. listening to us. We feel super duper grateful. You know, I would love to take a, like a little cruise through Alaska. I know. Wouldn't that be beautiful? That would be so pretty. Um, so tell your friends about our podcast so then, you know, maybe we can go to get, Alaska. Go to Alaska. We can podcast from the boat. <gasps> I would have to have some motion sickness. Oh, same. Okay, good. Same, same. Maybe the bands or something. Yeah. Because I will puke. Oh, I'll have to be drugged. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to be medicated. There's no... I can't fly without being medicated. Same. I can't take long car rides without being medicated. Same. Um, so I'm assuming boats would just not end well for me. So We are going to, like... When we finally do get to go out and and report from the body farm and the spaceship and all these places that we're going to go, we are definitely going to have to take some medication to be able to travel. A meclizine. Yes. Yeah. Dramamine. Dramamine. You know, the patch behind our ear, Uh whatever we need. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Hmm. Man. All right. Well... Well, that's our story. Uh, This is episode 29. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I sure did. Um, That sounds weird. I sure did. Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, God. Uh, But I do enjoy telling these stories, even though this one just felt so icky. This one was icky. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it didn't have a great ending. But I, well, but I am grateful that she, that he was at least able to spend some time in jail. Yeah. And that she is able to have a normal life. I think that's a huge gift. And thank goodness that she had met somebody that she trusted to tell who she really was and right. reveal, yeah. you know, way to go grocery store, deli. Worker. Exactly. Good. Like you job. are the unsung hero of this MVP, story. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Haley, um, episode 30, it's going to be magical. Woo. What's happening. We are going to talk about a, um, cold case in Tennessee. The, I'm a missing person. Ooh. So Burr. do that one. Cold. Yeah. Very cold. Ice cold. Case. So we're going to talk about that. So that'll be, I don't want to say fun because it's not fun. It'll be an interesting ride. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they're listening. So obviously they, they enjoy it too. They're here for a, yeah. for a time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and speaking of them being here, um, if they want to contact us, how do they go about it? Yeah. So you can send us an email at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia and find us on Instagram at Mountain Mysteries Appalachia. Let us know what you think. We always ask that, but it's true. Yeah, give us some case suggestions. Let us know you're real. You're really out there. I didn't get an email from Raccoon, Kentucky or Alabama or Arkansas or wherever the heck that was. It was Kentucky. Kentucky, and I was real upset about it. Aww. So Please. I was really looking forward to that. Oh, Anchorage, Alaska. Why don't you uh, Yeah, make up email. for Raccoon, Kentucky, yeah, because please. I'm real upset about Maybe that. Maybe invite us over. We'd love that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Just have the drama mean handy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be super sick. All right. Well, <laughs> we are uh, ready next week to hear about that cold case, episode 30. Thank you guys for joining us for episode 29, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.